Welcome back to another episode of The Author's Leverage. I'm your host and guide, Parshel Tashi. And with me today, I have an amazing guest whose story is so inspiring, really opening up uh, amazing and deep and needed conversations in organizations across the country around diversity and inclusion. And we're also going to get a sneak peek into her journey as, as an author and some of the things that she wished that she had done before this process as well. So I think it's going to be a great conversation and I'm glad that you're here. Uh, so let's kick things off. Welcome. You're listening to The Author's Leverage. You've written a book. You got it published and you know you can make a much bigger impact with it than you already have. Maybe you're in the process of writing and publishing and want to be smart about how you help others and make more money while doing it. Welcome to the Author's Leverage Podcast, your guide to building a profitable business and changing more lives with your published work. This is the number one show that brings you tips on making you a more successful author from the very best experts around every week. Our mission is to help you blast through the noise and get you clear on your path to success as an author. You'll be equipped with practical tips and insights from host Parshel Tashi and her featured guests. And you'll leave each episode more excited, more confident to get that dream authorship life that you deserve. So sit back, relax, and get ready. We're about to get real. We're about to clear. And from here, the sky's the limit. Here's your host, a former school teacher turned creative media entrepreneur and now founder of The Author's Leverage, Parshel Tashi. Woo, today I am joined by Ruth Rathblot. She's an expert on diversity and inclusion. She's a TEDx inspirational speaker. She's a TEDx and inspirational speaker, best-selling author, and award-winning former nonprofit leader. She was born with a limb difference and speaks to companies on issues of equity and belonging, the gifts of being unique, and the freedom of accepting your differences. Ruth was profiled as a CEO in the New York Times corner office and received Goucher's College's Excellence in Public Service Award, among other awards for her outstanding leadership in the nonprofit sector. Um, but she spent most of her entire career really focused on providing opportunities for those who have been underrepresented. She serves as a board member of the Lucky Finn Project, and she lives in New York City. So well, uh, Ruth, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Author's Leverage. I am so excited to be here, Parshel. I mean, you and I have had some amazing conversations before this, so I'm excited to dig in. I am so interested just in hearing about your life and what has changed as a result of sharing your story, specifically, of course, in the form of your book. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey. You know, it's interesting. I, as you referenced in my bio, I spent my entire lifetime as a CEO and executive in the nonprofit space and really helping, especially young people, figure out opportunity and access to opportunities. And it was a defining conversation that got me thinking about the diversity space um, when I was actually questioned about diversity and leadership. And at one point, I kind of remarked back in a naive way, well, the question was, do you see me as diverse? And what I found is people didn't. They thought, sure, you're a woman. Um, that's a lens of diversity, the gender lens. But when I pushed even further and asked, well, what about my disability? What about my limb difference? I found often that it wasn't included in conversations on diversity. And that made me start to think, A, why not? 
And also, how could I start to help expand that conversation on diversity uh, and inclusion? And so I started to do some research. I started to think about my story because I actually hid my limb difference for 25 years, physically hid it, um, in my pocket, under sweaters, behind bags. And even when I wasn't hiding it, when I stopped hiding it, I was still hiding it because I wasn't sharing my story. And so as I started to think about what was needed in terms of telling my story, I knew that it needed to go beyond speaking and keynotes and a TEDx talk. It needed to be flushed out into a book. Wow. Was there a specific instance that, you know, really pushed you forward in making that decision to share your story? Yeah, there were two. One was a first incident where I came back and someone had set me up, Parshall, with a speaker's bureau. And I was, it was right after my TEDx talk. And I thought, great, I've been speaking at different company, companies and corporations globally. I did my TEDx talk. The Speakers Bureau is going to love me. This is going to be it. That They're going to sign me immediately. And the response back was, that's great. And where's your book? And I said, no, no, you see, I have a video and I have a speaker's reel. I can speak. And they said, no, to be taken seriously, you need a book. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely a defining moment and a almost like a you reach a top of a mountain, you think, and then there's the next hill to go. <laughs> yeah. So that was one. And then, you know, a lot of people had given me a lot of advice about what to write um, from, oh, you should write the top 10 questions that you're asked when you speak. Oh, you should write. Um, about disability and diversity spe specifically. And I actually, one of the key defining moments, and I share this now thinking back what I wish I had known, but I'm glad I did it this way, is I hired a book coach who helped me really think about what was it that I wanted to say? What was the purpose of my book? Who mm -hmm. was the audience of my book? Really being able to narrow down so that my book made sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that that support is so key, especially when you make that that decision to say, OK, I'm going to write about this. And right. Uh, that guidance. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for those that don't know, like, what, how would you describe that experience working with a book coach? I think it was one of the best investments and best decisions I've made to date. I when I think about my next book for 2024, I would absolutely hire a book coach again, because what they they help you with, Parshall, and you probably know this better than I do, is they help you narrow down the focus, right? Because you can write about a lot of things. And I mean, even great authors and great writers write about lots of things and they have a lot of stories they want to throw in there. How do you start to then segment out what's important and what can be left for a next book? Not everything has to go into one book. So how do you start to narrow down? How do you clarify your thoughts? How do you create an outline so that you're that you hit different pieces that you want to get to? Yeah. I mean, basically, one of the best things was my book coach helped me create a punch list of there was writing I had already done, and then there was writing I still needed to do. That's so smart. That's so smart. And you know, oftentimes we uh, don't think to, like you said, like to narrow down to the focus to get that focus is so key, but it doesn't mean that those other ideas aren't useful at all. And what we found in, in our process of turning books into courses is that that's where those nuggets come back, 
right? The things that you said, oh, I wish I could have put that in the book or, you know, that was a really good um, exercise or something. There's still room for it and there's still space and application for it, especially for someone who is um, engaging with your content on that level and ready to, you know, ready to make some changes. Absolutely. And yeah, no, to keep those ideas, those nuggets that you don't use, absolutely. Whether it's for a workshop, whether it's for a second book, whether it's for your speaking, because those are stories yes. that people wouldn't necessarily get in your book, that they get the access to you when they hear you speak live. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I and the other thing too, we, we tend not to think that our stories matter. And it sounds like for you, there was a process of going from hiding to not hiding, but still hiding. And then, you know, this, this, this really coming out, so to speak. Um, why do you feel it's important that authors know and, or anyone who's interested in writing a book, how important it is to connect with, with the, with that story and not feeling like you have to hide it. Cause often I remember you saying that um, it's our differences that are our gifts. Mm -hmm. They are, and we all are different, right? We're each individually like snowflakes, for lack of a better word, or fingerprints. Like we're all different. And so we each have a story to tell. What's universal in it is how our stories connect. And what's amazing is by writing this book, there were some surprises. I mean, I definitely thought that, oh, well, people with limb differences may want to read my book, even though it may not have been their exact journey of hiding and unhiding. I imagine they could re it would resonate. The theme would resonate. Hmm. I thought maybe people with disabilities um, would it would resonate in terms of yes, we had I hid for a reason because of the the mindset that I developed around my disability, what I thought of it, um, and that I thought it was something to be embarrassed about. I thought it was something to be ashamed of that people would reject me, that people wouldn't like me, hmm. and so I had a whole story that I told myself about it. So I thought those two groups, yeah, this will resonate with, this story will resonate. What I didn't expect is to find is how many of us are hiding parts of ourselves because we hold those same beliefs of, and those limiting beliefs of shame and rejection and judgment. And so that's what's been truly amazing in addition to the reaction is the stories that people tell me of their own hiding and unhiding. And when I talked to people who, and when I wrote the book and it came out, people said, oh, I, I want to write a book. I said, do it. They said, no one will care about my story. It's not as interesting as yours. And I said, no, your story needs to be told because it will help someone else. Mm -hmm. You don't know who it's going to impact. And that's been the reaction that's probably the most profound and most interesting is you never know. It's the emails I get or the phone calls or the texts of, I had no idea I was hiding, Ruth. And this is how it's been holding me back. So mm. thank you for sharing your story. Because this, it wasn't about disability only. It was about using this as a tool to get in to t get people to think about where they're hiding and how they unhide. Wow. Wow. And I remember you saying that your hand was never your disability. Your mindset was. Absolutely. It was what was holding me back. Because when I started hiding, this I can do everything with. But when I stopped using it, when I started believing the messages I was telling myself about the shame and the, the judgment and the inability, that held me back. I stopped living my life. When I started to unhide, I started to find freedom. It's how I got my life back. 
Wow. Now talk about today, right? From when you first started and ventured off and, and wrote your book, which um, for those that are tuning in, uh, Ruth's book is called Single-Handedly, Learning to Unhide and Embrace Connection. Um, I highly, highly recommend checking that out. Um, but tell us a little bit, what has changed for you since releasing the book? I mean, you're already talking about a next books and I know that you're you're speaking and you're doing a lot of different things, but just uh, give, give our audience who are also also authors, right? Um, a little bit about how your life has changed with uh, with this direction. Sure. I think when you write a book, there's a few things that happen right away, right, Parshall? There's the, you clarify your message. It gets clarified even more and more because the more you write, the more you edit, the more you think. So it's almost like a continuous circle. So I will say what I was talking about a year ago before my book is has changed and, mm -hmm. and grown and evolved since writing my book. I think that's probably the first piece is just the ability for introspection, the ability for editing and clarifying, that's huge. I'm much clearer in terms of that journey of hiding to unhiding. The second piece I would say is it writing a book adds legitimacy. Because you've done the work in terms of clarifying the thoughts, there's a space that people now take you a little bit more seriously because they say you've put the time in to actually think through things. And I think part of what's really amazing about this process. And I think what I was able to add into my book is a space around reflection questions for other people. So they had a chance to start thinking and reacting to something and, and thinking about themselves. I do think the book also lends itself to people's people being able to, to talk and connect, to talk with you and connect with you in a different way, because now you have something and it's not just, it's something they, you know, there are learners who are who are auditory, right? And there are learners who are visual. The book allows those people who are visual in terms of the hard copy of it to actually engage with something and to mm -hmm. feel it and to wrestle with ideas. I did do an audio book because I wanted to also make sure I got to those people who are auditory learners yeah. so that they could feel included in this. Um, and those who have differences around uh, learning. So I do think it's an opportunity to connect with people in a different way. And I will say it, it's such an easy conversation starter too. When I talk to, it's a way to connect with people. That's really the beauty of the book. Yeah. And to do it with your message is, is, is it's powerful. It's a really powerful mm -hmm. way to connect with folks. Um, now I'm, I'm curious as well, what's something that, you know, knowing what you know now, you know, as today's Ruth, what, what advice would you give the Ruth who was now saying, okay, I'm ready to write the book? Yeah, that's a great question, Parshall. I think there's probably three things that come to mind. One that I referenced already is take the time to invest in a book coach or yeah. in, in, into someone else who can help you think through your ideas. It doesn't mean that you don't have ideas. It means that you're willing to invest and spend time thinking about it. I think that's a huge piece. I think it's the second piece is, yes, write out all the ideas that people give you and then settle on what works for you and your story and your voice. Because even though I had some really smart people giving me ideas about my book, it was my book. And it was at the end of the day, I needed to make decisions that were comfortable for me in terms of mm -hmm. how I told my story mm -hmm. and what I wanted, how to present it, because I was going to live with it for the rest of my life. This is my book. 
This is in many ways my baby. And the third thing I would say, because I just remember being in school growing up, and maybe some of your listeners do too, is, you know, that red pen that teachers would use to edit you? And it was scary because you thought you had to get things perfect before you handed in an assignment. The power of a really good editor is gold. That I didn't know going in. I thought, oh, I have to have this perfect before I show it to anyone. And I don't want to, I don't, I need to be perfect. There's that piece of my personality anyway. But an editor actually helps you build that perfection and build that that voice. It makes it stronger because sometimes you get too close to your own writing to mm. know what what's working and what's not working. It, and it can feel frustrating. And so having a really good editor helps with that. And I didn't understand that before going into this book process. Again, I thought it was that was going to make me look foolish. It was going to show that I wasn't as great as I was. No, an editor just polishes it to make it even shine brighter. I love that. I love that. You know, it's just like uh, it's similar to, to video editing in some ways, which I've had a lot of experience in. It's like you give you have the, the pieces of something and then they're helping to really frame more of the matching the tone, the style, the message, all of that. Uh, so I, I love that. That's such a good point. Having a really good editor, you know, because we don't have to do it alone. I think that's right. the, what I didn't realize in starting this book. I mean. I have a history in my world life of surrounding myself with really smart people, which is great. And at the same time, I was a leader for a long time. So I didn't always want people to see my flaws or imperfections. Mm. This process of writing a book breaks a lot of that down. Wow. That's so powerful. Such a good perspective. Um, I, I'm so thankful that we got to, to connect on the conversation today. And Ruth, I would love for you to share any last parting words of advice that you have for the authors that are tuning in and of course, where listeners can connect with you online. Sure. I think it goes back to something that you and I have talked about, Parshall. The piece of advice that I would share is someone needs to hear your story. You may be sitting there thinking X, Y, and Z in my life. They may have affected me personally, but I don't know if anyone else will get anything from it. They absolutely will. The way that you share your story, the way you're vulnerable, as honest as you can be and sharing it, whether it's a leadership lesson, whether it's an employee lesson, whether it's just a story that's affected you in terms of your personal life in a self-help way, somebody else needs that and you don't know who it is. That's the, the beautiful thing about writing a book and the challenge that you don't, because you don't know where it's going to land. I remember, I'll say this quickly, when I got my book finally in my hands, and I was looking at it. My father said, oh, you need to journal about this. And I said, yeah, I've lived with this book for a long time. I'm not sure I have any emotional reaction at this point. The emotional reaction was when I gave it away for the first time to someone oh, and wow. said, wow, this is now in the universe. Other people are going to now know my story and see how it resonates with them. So I think your story absolutely needs to be told wherever mm. you are on this journey. Mm. Wow, that's so, so powerful. It's really inspiring as well, just to think about the all the stories that we have and, and how important it is that we're sharing them, even in the small interactions, right? And just sharing and being open. No, because what we start to find is that so many of us, there are so many universals in terms of our personal experience. Um, and I know firsthand that hiding is universal. Yeah. It's because most of us are hiding something about ourselves. Exactly. And so I 
talk about it. I write about it. I'm on LinkedIn. People can follow me there. I have a website, ruthrathblot.com. I'm on Instagram. They say it, Insta, Instagram, uh, <laughs> book, all of it. Um, and so, yeah, connecting. And I think probably I spend my most time on LinkedIn because that's the space around how do we expand this conversation on diversity to be much more inclusive and how do we start a movement around unhiding? Absolutely. And I, I imagine that that would be your your one word. So one, one question I ask all of our guests on the podcast is what is your one word? Uh, if you were to share one word from Ruth to the world, what is that one word? It's unhiding. Yeah. And I talk about it a lot and single-handedly is this idea of unhiding. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, thank you again for being here. This is such a great conversation. And for those tuning in, again, be sure to connect with Ruth. The links that she mentioned are going to be on this episode. So I highly recommend connecting with her and hearing some of her stories and, and the stories of other people that she's connecting with as well. Um, and that does it for this episode. Uh, Ruth, thanks again. This is so, so, so empowering. Thank you. Thank you, Parshel, for having me on and being able to amplify my voice. Thank you. And to your listeners, hopefully they get something from it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hope you guys are taking notes. <laughs> this was some really, really great information and just, uh, just inspirational insight. So again, thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you all next time on The Author's Leverage.